Joshua chapter number three for this morning. Again, we appreciate everyone that's here. Page 261, if you've got a King James Schofield Bible. I appreciate everyone that's here. All those visiting with us, thank you for being our guest today. And it's just good to be in the Lord's house. Joshua chapter three. We'll begin with verse number one. Find your place, amen. And Joshua rose early in the morning, and they removed from Shittim and came to Jordan, he and all the children of Israel, and lodged there before they passed over. And it came to pass after three days that the officers went through the host, and they commanded the people, saying, When ye see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, and the priest and Levites bearing it, then ye shall remove from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Come not near unto it, that you may know the way by which ye must go. For ye have not passed this way heretofore. And Joshua said unto the people, this is a text verse, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. With the help of the Lord this morning, I'm going to preach getting ready Getting ready to see the wonders. Getting ready to see the wonders. Let's pray. Brother Ronnie, how about you praying? be seated. In Joshua 3, the children of Israel are coming to uncharted territory, that which they have never been before. I think we all could agree after 2020, we're all entering into 2021 in very uncharted territory. After 2020, we all wonder what this year holds and where it's going and how it's going to all play out. Chapter 1, Joshua was commissioned and the people were prepared for Canaan. Chapter 2, the spies were sent to Jericho. Then hit by Lady Rahab and of course, they rejected and Spent 40 years wandering. 
in a wilderness. But in chapter 3, they're giving directions for the crossing of the Jordan. That which they had heard about days gone by, he's preparing now this next generation to enter into this place of promise, this place of victory that was rightly theirs. As they were preparing, it was an unsettled journey, an unknown journey, and an uncertain one. But the Lord said, I want you to get ready because tomorrow you're going you're to get to see God's wonders. I must confess, I believe we've lost the wonder of it all. I believe we've lost in many times the cases of the wonder of just being saved by His marvelous grace. We've lost the wonder of a God that we serve sometimes in the last year in the midst of all the isolation and all the midst of craziness that is still trying to be manipulated and pumped up. In the midst of all of that, we've lost the wonder of a prayer answering, powerful God that we say saved us. I'm longing for that wonder. I was thinking as we here on Mission Sunday, 2013, 2013 we started Faith Promise Missions here at the church. And as I, as I thought about this and this faith promise, we began in 2013 asking you to above your tithes and offerings to ask the Lord what He would have you to do for missions and believe in Him to provide for that. I was very apprehensive about it, just to be quite honest. I wasn't really sure. But I must confess now, I've been absolutely amazed at what God has done and what we've seen God do through our missions and your faithfulness. And those that have been faithful to faith promise, those that have been faithful to faith promise, what you ask God, He wants you to do, and that that you did can honestly stand and testify my how He has provided over and over again. It's been absolutely amazing. Then of course, those who said, no, I'm not buying into that. Well, God still loves you, yet you have tied His hands from showing you His greatness. Preacher, that's just your opinion. No, not, not really. That's God's opinion. Matthew 13, 58 said, He did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. That's really God's opinion about the matter. 
But here we find Joshua as he's leading a generation into a brand new place, a brand new territory, and a whole new wonder of God. Notice with me first of all this morning what he said. There was a word delivered. And he commended the people saying, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priest and the Levites bearing it, then ye, ye shall remove from your place and go after it. I love that. First of all, he delivers the word for God. And that proclamation had with it two things. Boy, how these two things ought to be for us now. He said, Whatever you do, stay in the shadow of that ark. That ark represented the power and the presence of a holy God. And they said, when you don't move, till that ark moves. But when that ark does move, boy, when that ark does move, you get after it. I love this. They didn't have ten means to decide whether they should or not. They didn't debate it. There was no argument. Nobody did popped up and said, listen, do you think maybe it's the right time? When the ark started moving, nobody stood up and said, hey, we need to call a meeting and decide if this is the time to do it. He said, when that ark starts moving, you go after it. No debate. No concern. They just moved with the ark. And they stayed in the shadow of the ark, the power and the presence of God. Boy, how we need that today. When God begins to move, we are go after it. We are move with it. We are stay with Him and just keep moving with Him. Not only that, but there was a space between them and that ark. The space was a little over half a mile. Just a little over half a mile. And someone said, why space? Well, here's the reason why they had space. They had to see when the heart moved. If you was on top of it, you couldn't see it. So they had to wait till the heart moved, be able to see it. And so whenever that heart began to move, there had to be a distance from it for them to see. Not only that, it was an act of reverence for the Lord. Oh, how much we need how much we need a revival of reverence as we approach the Lord. I'm convinced of this more than I've ever been. We're, we're many times too haphazard, too careless about our approach to God. In the book of Esther, it's amazing. I never quite got over this, but she spent one year preparing for one night with the king. One year she prepared for just one night with the king. May I say Esther became the queen, but she prepared one year. Now how much we need to prepare as we approach God, as we, come, as we come to the house of God, did you wake up this morning praying and asking God, I want to see you today. Being prepared. When Joshua stepped before the congregation of Israel, they were not just merely words from a man. They were not 
the dialogue of God's servant. That wasn't a man's opinion. There was a sermon from God's preacher. So he delivers the word for God, but then he sees he delivers the word from God. The first step, everybody, please hear me this morning. The first step of faith, he's probably going to move you physically. Those that are determined to be concreted on their pew and say, nobody's moving me. God will leave you there till he takes you on to heaven if you're going. Because God in faith will require a movement on our part. He starts on the inside. He moves your heart. But there's a good chance he's going to move you to an altar. If he can't move you out of a pew to an altar, he's probably not going to ever move your heart. Somewhere or sometimes, God, he said to this people, notice with me, he said, first step, he said, if you want to see the wonder, he said, I got a word from God when the priest and the Levites buried, you shall remove from your place and go after it. We was in a church, and my, there was a wonderful, glorious, I mean a glorious Spirit of God moving in that altar call. Church was packed, there was probably 250 people there. I'm thinking Gene Keller was there that night at uh, uh, Dwayne, uh, Buchanan's, Daniel Buchanan's church. And old Robert preached. He's a trying and pleading for somebody to move. About that time, a little 10-year-old girl jumped up screamed and said, I need to be saved. I need to be saved. And as service, because of that one 10-year-old girl, broke loose. And in a few days, they had the police stopping the cars because they couldn't put the people in no more in the building. Turn them away. Because the building couldn't hold the people. Had that little girl, had that little girl, by the way, an old man, wicked old man in that service, got saved. But it started all because that little 10 year old girl moved and went after it. See, there is something about the prodigal saw the wonder of God when he came to himself, 
We got tired of eating that slop out of that bucket. We got tired of feeding them hogs. When, when, when he come to himself, he said, God, I've sinned against you. He said, I've sinned against my daddy. He said, I'm here starving to death. and My daddy's got plenty of bread. I'll go back home. And he saw the wonder when he started back home. May I remind you, blind Bartimaeus, on the on roadside, heard Jesus was coming. Said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. They said, shut your mouth. Don't bother him. He stood crying, David, thou son of, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus said, come here. Throw that old rag off. And went to Jesus. And Jesus said, what would you have me to do for you? He said, that I might see. And Jesus said, okay. And he opened his eyes. And for the first time, he saw, he saw, saw the wonder of a powerful working God. But what if he said, I, I, I'm embarrassed to go to him. I, I'm not clean. I'm not dressed right. Well, I'm, I'm not. He would have sat on the side. Of, How did you just shut up? He would have never saw the wonder of God. The first step of faith usually requires a movement. Oh, I want you to know something. Crossing that Jordan demonstrates that the self-centered and carnal life would have to be left behind. They've been in, they've been in wandering in that wilderness for forty years, and all they did was went to funerals. That's a, but you know what? In the midst of all that wandering, their shoes and their clothes never wore out. And that's something, man. I like God to know that. The shoes and the clothes never, they never went hungry and they never lacked water. But it is sad. They wandered for 40 years never knowing and never seeing the wonders God had for them. They were like many of us. God has it. It's there. He's able. But we sit out in the parking lot of a grocery store that belongs to God and we never get out of the car and go after it. We never get out of the car. What do I mean? It means we'll sit in the church pew and God the Holy Ghost I convict us and by the way, when you're wrong, you know you're wrong. Let's quit pretending. Hey, man, quit pretending. We know when we're wrong. Boy, if I, if I bad mouth you this week, I'd know it. If, I, if, I, if I've done wrong, I'd know it. God, God, I don't have to, I don't have, have to have, it don't have to be written across the back wall. We know when we do wrong. We know when we do right. Boy, all of a sudden, we're sitting in the house of God and God wants to bless us. God wants to help us. God wants to do something. 
What's that tall stopping up with a long lip saying, bless me if you can, God. You know what God's going to do? He'll slip right by you. And he'll pick a little 10-year-old girl and break her heart into a thousand pieces and bless her and leave you sitting off where you're at. I tell you what, I used to be, Lord God, I used to be backwards. I never go to dinners. I never go anywhere. Ask Darlene. Church, I wouldn't go. Backwards. Now don't you worry. I've gotten over this. Somebody invited me to eat. I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go. I wasn't comfortable. I wouldn't know what to say. I wouldn't know what to do. So I wouldn't go. Oh, blessed be his good name. When he allowed me to see people you go, they're just like you. They got problems just like you have. They have the same issues you have. They think a lot just like you. And I found out Boy, I was robbing myself of fellowship. How many enjoyed Wednesday night after church? Amen. We might do it again. And, and I robbed myself of getting to know somebody and them getting to know me. And I robbed myself. Boy, I tell you, praise God, how many times we come to the house of God I mean, things are going crazy in our world. I mean, it's a mess. And if it ain't a mess, we'll make a mess so we can have a mess to complain about. Have you ever known anybody that things is good on Sunday morning till somebody got up? Namely you. Somebody said, do you wake up grouchy? No, sometimes I just let him sleep. And you get up, and you're all sideways, and all irritated, and all mess. And then, you try to come to church. I, I, I've told this, and it'll help these young couples in here, so I need to tell it again. Me and Miss Steins will be married 46 years next month. June 27th, remind you, write it down. And, uh, We'll be married 46 years. And we've never fought much at all. I ain't gonna lie to you. Say we ain't never had some. We have, and so have you. If you get up and stand and say, I've been married 10 years and I ain't had a fight, you, somebody's lying. Or you're a pansy. <laughs> all right. And, and the truth is, and the truth is we never fought. But I got to notion something. If we was going to have a fight, it'd be on Sunday morning. Well, shit, if we was going to have a fight, I usually started. I literally something. My goodness, what am I doing? So we decided for several months we wouldn't talk on Sunday morning before church. We made a few faces, but we didn't talk. <laughs> we maybe grunted one another, but we just, we just quit talking on Sunday morning. Finally, what we realized, 
that when we took that away from the devil, are you listening? When you took that away from the devil, it quit being a battle. Now we can talk, do whatever we want to because it's not a battle. Now for a while, that's a battle. Some of you might need to on Sunday morning say, I tell you what, we're just not going to talk to after church. It might help some of you. It might do so you do well. And all of a sudden, because you see, the devil, if he can do it, he'll steal from you. And so that leave behind that carnal life. Can I ask you a question? What's your Jordan? What do you need to leave behind in your life? Paul said it this way. He said, this one thing I do, forgetting those things behind and reaching forward to those things ahead. If the devil's winding you out about your past, won't you cross Jordan this morning and curtain that past and tell him, I'm sorry. That's over. It's done. We all have some things in our past. Every person here that you would, you, you'll never stand up or you want anybody else to ever know what that was. It's just between you and God. That's it. But I want you to know something. It is not God's desire or God's will for you to live there and become a victim. So I had to cross that Jordan it means dying to some things. It means letting some things. It's a type of baptism. When we baptize, we go in the water, we die out to this world and raised in newness of life to live for tomorrow. God says this. He said, there's some things you need to put in your past. Shut that door. Quit bringing them up and leave them there. They're over. You can't change it and get over it and look for forward we're to be victors not victims we don't need an ark to lead us we got the Holy Spirit of God to lead us I'm amazed how much baggage I want you to listen to me now I'm amazed how much baggage of our past we drag along with us every day. And when the right thing is said and the right words are said and the right situation comes up, we drag that baggage back up and we relive it over and over and over again. There's husbands and wives. He hurt me 20 years ago. 20 years ago. He hurt me. My God. Get over it. Turn that mess loose. Because you can't change it. You can't undo it. There's things in our past we just can't undo. We just can't. And we can't live there. And you say, well, you just don't understand. 
If you just heard my story, I've heard your story from tens and thousands of others that's got that story. But you keep talking about what it used to be. Tell me, what are you doing for Jesus now? What are you going to do for Jesus tomorrow? I got hurt in church. I didn't mean to I got hurt somebody. I'm sorry you did. I'm sorry. But I'll be, let's be reasonable. I got hurt at Walmart. And I got hurt bad at Walmart. Bad. They took $200 for $50 worth of grudges. High me. I got mistreated at Best Buy. But here's the thing. I walk into Walmart. I, I didn't think about how they hurt me. I thought about them strawberries I'm going to get to put on my waffles in the morning for breakfast. Heaven. Heaven. I thought about that peach cobbler at, at, at Galaxy. I'm going to go in heaven twice over. I, I didn't walk in. I just don't know if I saw I didn't know if I had to go home because fresh air hurt me. I'm sorry for your hurt. I'm not belittling your hurt, but I'm saying you'll never go anywhere till you cross Jordan and leave that mess behind. Jordan become a divider between what they were to what they was going. We got to leave it behind. And listen, listen, I know many of you have multiple marriages and all this kind of stuff. Please, I'm not trying to belittle you or hurt you. God knows I love you. But don't drag the bad marriage from the past into the one you got present. I'll tell you what you do. Why don't you take your one you got right now. And gentlemen, love that woman with all of your heart as Christ loved the church. And not hitting them on the shoulders. Just love them. Or the head. Just love them. Just love them. Wives, what you submit to that? I know you had a bad, bad one. Boy, if you got a good one, why don't you just submit yourself? So I'm just going to love you like the, the Lord loved you. Why don't we just love one another and leave all that junk behind? I can't change it. You can't change it. It's just there. And just saying, but God gave us each other. And what a wonderful home and what a wonderful life and what God has given us. Hallelujah. What God has given us now is so wonderful. So he said, crossover. Oh, let's move on. First of all, there's a word delivered. There's a weight demanded. Came to pass after three days that the officer went through the host. Three days signifies transition from retribution to restoration. God said, God said, 
I'm going to tell you three days. Tell you what that three days was. I three days used to go home, clean out porn out of your house. Three days getting rid of that hellish music in your home. Three days clean up and prepare for God to do something. Three days. Quit talking to that boy, man, you're not married to on your cell phone. Quit talking to that woman you're not married to on your cell phone. Cut that mess off. Stop it. Stop it. Three days. Get your hat cleaned up. Quit smoking that dope. Three days was for them to prepare. Because you know what happened? And have 40 days of wondering. They picked up a few toy gods along the way. They picked up some little gods. Nobody didn't know. They'd slipped them in here. God said, three days. Get rid of that mess. Simon made gods out of the gold and silver, the earrings. Brother Ernie Conley took a church in Logan, West Virginia. It's a Catholic church. And I went up there and, boy, I loved Ernie and I miss him so much. Lord, I miss that man. I went up there and he toured the church. I was so excited what God was going to do there. And I was over in the corner, there was a picture. Had a blanket over it. I said, Ernie, what's that picture? He said, no, we don't need to look at that. I said, no, what's that picture? He went around and covered it as a picture of the Pope. And I said, Ernie, I said, I know what you got that covered up for. He said, Why? I said, well, you can preach on Sunday morning. Then when you're done, you can come in here and uncover that and you pray to the Pope. He'll give you a little something for Sunday night. He said, preacher, that picture's going. That picture's going. You know what I'd say to you? Some junk in your home needs to go. Just needs to go. I said this. Some things in you needs to go. I've told time and time out of this. Husbands and wives, friends and people and families, I want you to listen to me. Every fire, every fire will go out if you don't put wood on it. Every fire. If you put wood on it, get, you have to live with the fire. And when that fire gets out of control, somebody's going to get hurt. I had a brush pile out there at my house, and I couldn't get that thing to burn. So I said, I'm tired of this. 
So I got me some gas. Don't get ahead of me. I got me some gas. And I said, pour that gas. And I got back a good ways. I thought a match. It went kawoof. It swung me back. And I went sliding across the, the, the ground on my behind. And it scared me to death. I was checking to see if my hair's burnt off. See, if, see it, 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 it absolutely terrified me. If you don't put wood on the fire, it'll go out. I'm not your, I'm not your dictator. But if you put wood on it, you better be sure you can handle the fire because it'll explode on you. You'll, you'll get somebody get hurt. I, I love you and I'm just trying to help you. I really am. Sometimes we're just better. Then I want, let me say this. If it ain't your fight, keep your mouth shut. Stay out of it. Stay out of it. It'll help you. Because you're bringing yours. Oh, I, I love this. I love this. When we, we need to prepare ourselves. We need to prepare ourselves. Then I go quickly. They were to rely on preparing themselves. They were to rely on the hand of God. And they commanded the people saying, When you see the ark of the covenant your Lord your God and the priest and the Levites bearing it. Listen to me. The, the Levites and priests, they got on both sides of that ark and they took the, 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 the staves and they lifted it up and they had it in their hand and they, it rested on their shoulders but they kept their hand on the staves. That priest moving his hand was a symbol of God moving his hand. The best way I can illustrate it this way. Have you ever come to church and you and your missus has a conversation at home the day before that day or at church on the way to church and then I get up to preach and I'll bring a, bring a message and, and all of a sudden you look at one another saying, my gosh, he has bugged our car. Has that ever happened to you? What that is, it is the hand of God using a frail vessel called the preacher to show you his hand. Let you see he's got a word for you. It is, he said, and it took the hand of God because if that priest and the man of God were not where he should be, then he wouldn't know when to, to lift up the ark. Preachers in our church, preachers, Ronnie, Matthew, and anybody else, we need to understand something. The first responsibility is to us to be able to hear God when God said, hey boys, hey gentlemen, pick up that ark. It's time to move. Pick up that ark. Time to move. Can I say this? Are you listening? Are you listening? It went to the people to decide when to move forward. 
It was the priest. And God's order in the church is to pastor. When God says move forward, we need to move forward. Now the people need to rebel and stay put or they can follow him. Jesus said, when they move, you move. Go after it. Notice with me, first, they were lying in the hand of God. And all of that, they need the help of God. Only God could lead them. Only God could show them. Only God could direct them. As a priest stepped in the water, boy, I love this. I want you to listen to this. Shake yourself. You want to hear this. When that priest stepped in the water, they took that ark to the center. Now, some there, listen. The water backed up for 16 miles in a wall, 16 miles, leaving 20 to 30 miles of dry riverbed. Wow! 16 miles both ways leaving 20 to 30 miles of dry riverbed. And they walked to the center before anybody stepped in because God's got to be the center of everything we do. You keep your eyes on the center. You got to have the center. And we got to have the Lord's help to be able to do that. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds tomorrow. Amen. I don't know what's coming up next week. Hallelujah. I already know who's in next week. I don't know what's going to happen next month, but I know who lives in next month. And I want you to know something. The greatest day in our life when we'll stop listening to the media and start looking to God for our help. Oh my. Then there's a way to describe, and I'm just going to give them to you. It's a strange way. They said, you've not been this way before. He said, boys, you've never been here before. It's a strange way. We're, 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 we're living in a strange day. A strange country. We're living in strange places today. Who, who would ever dreamed we'd be where we're at? But we are. It's strange. It's It's strange. But not only is it a strange way, but it's a supernatural way. And Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourselves. In order for this to be done, there's a condition that was required of them. Here's the condition. For me to go to somebody else and bless God, I'll straighten them out. No. No. Your ungodly wrong version don't even say that. God said, sanctify yourselves. God said, you don't need to start with your wife, sir. You don't need to start with your husband, sir. Ma'am. Start with your husband, ma'am. Be clear about that. You don't need to start with the kids. You don't need to start with a better job, more money. You don't need to start with anything you might want to add. He said, start 
with yourself. Sanctify yourself. You know what Joshua said? You, you, you need to start with yourself. You don't need to start quit judging somebody else by somebody else by somebody else. He said, sanctify yourself. He said, sanctify yourself. It means starting over. It means taking a bath and washing your clothes. It has the idea of them cleaning. By the way, water, bath, bathing was not a common thing because water was so scarce in the wilderness. Some of you might have loved it. They didn't bathe bathe but once every two or three months. He said, sanctify yourself. Wash yourself. He said, notice. And all through the Bible, all through the Bible, God says, sanctify yourself. Oh, I could go a long ways. I'm not. Then he said this, a wonder will be delivered. Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourselves. He said, I tell you what's coming. He said, what's coming? He said, for tomorrow, after you've crossed on dry land, tomorrow, tomorrow, you'll get to see wonders. I'm interested in Solid Rock Baptist Church seeing God's wonders. But some of you have got to prepare yourself, sanctify yourself, so you can go with us. I'm, I'm, I understand this. There'll be some live and die spinning around in that wilderness. I wish I could convince you to come with us. But if you want to stay there and spin around, we'll love you anyway. We'll just love you. We'll wonder why you're still there just spinning around and around. Chasing a dollar, chasing stuff, chasing, 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 chasing. Just round and round, 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 round. I can stop. And I'll, I'll, we'll wonder why oh, you're still there. But I tell you what, for me and my house, I want to see God's wonders. It's all standing to our feet. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Do you want to see? First of all, 